This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Hello and welcome to the Blueprint Review Podcast, episode 43, uh, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just made that up, didn't you? You literally yeah, yeah. just plucked that out of thin air. But, yeah, it's been far, far too long. Uh, it, is, this, have we, is this the first one we've done together since before Cannes last year? Have they all been online? Yeah, it's been it's been quite a long time since we've actually been in the room together, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. We, although we didn't do loads when you were in, pa- in Paris, that's when we've kind of slowed down on it anyway. But, um, yeah, God, it's been... How, how long were you over there? <laughs> Eight months. Too long. Crazy. Yeah. But we're back and we're ready for the podcast. To, we're going to try and be a bit more prolific every two weeks. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, we, we must have seen so much over the past few months. Yeah. I have, think, yeah. Yeah. We're not going to talk about all of it. <laughs> no, no. What we're going to do, actually, because we have missed quite a few, uh, we're going to make it a bit of a special episode and uh, have a bit of a roundup, summer roundup, because it's the end of the summer now, it's getting cold. Um, so all, 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 the, <laughs> all the big films have uh, come and gone. So um, we're going to discuss our sort of top five favourites of the summer and bottom films of the summer. Bottom one. Yeah, bottom one. So we'll get into that later. But uh, first, uh, let's skip trailers and let's skip, go straight to uh, films we've got to review. Um, I'll kick things off. Why not? Um, I watched... Uh, the only sort of recent film that I've seen is, like, really recent film, was Expendables 3. Uh, now, obviously, anyone who's listened to the podcast will know I like my action movies, and I've got a soft spot for the expendable films. Most people think, think they're a bit shit, um, and in some ways, they probably are a bit shit, but I don't know. I've got a real soft spot for these films. I found the first film to be quite underrated. I actually think the first expendable film, Expendables film is pretty good. I quite like the... There's, I think a lot of people were disappointed because they expected almost like a spoof action movie and really over the top, and I mean, it, it is over the top, but... It's it's a bit different. The first film's a bit more... What I liked about the first film is there's a lot of banter between the characters and it's light-hearted banter and I kind of enjoyed that. And then at the end of the first film, it has an incredibly good action scene for like about half an hour of just utter carnage. It's amazing. The second film I saw again recently and it's a bit disappointing. It wasn't as good as I remember. It's A lot of people prefer the second one, but I kind of think it's... Um, it, it, it is too much of a spoof. It tries to... It's always nudging and winking at the camera all the time, and it's a bit painful. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, I enjoyed it still, because I'll just I'll enjoy these films anyway, even if it's pure, pure shit, I'll probably still quite enjoy them. Uh, which brings us to Expendables 3, which I liked quite... I actually enjoyed it quite a lot. I think my expectations were quite lowered, because the reviews have been especially bad for this, I think, even worse than the, than the other two. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think I preferred it to the second one. I think it got the tone right. It was kind of a, a bit more similar to the first film, where it's it's more... it's. N- I mean, there's a lot of nudges to the camera and a lot of sort of cheesy in-jokes and things like that, sort of obvious in-jokes. Um, but it isn't as quite as in your face as in the second one. Instead, they kind of... They do have a bit of a story. Okay, it's pretty pretty basic. Um, but they stick to, stick to their guns and... Uh, no pun intended... And and it's just good fun. It's just good fun. It's fast paced. It's got loads of action. Uh, it's just got what you want from an Expendables film. In terms of flaws, I mean, you could pick it to hell and and rip it apart. And 
the biggest flaw I think a lot of people have mentioned already when reviewing the film is um, that the, uh, is that there are too many characters, and there are there's there's an insane amount of characters. You've got your usual bunch of expendables, and as as ever, they've added a few more. Um, so you've got uh, Wesley Snipes, uh, and then you've got some extended cameos from uh, Harrison Ford and uh, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, and uh, now there's one that's in quite a bit. Um, I keep wanting to say. Benicio del Toro, but it's not. It's um, uh, Antonio Banderas, uh, <laughs> and uh, there's just in, and on top of all this, there's these sort of younger people that they they bring in. Basically, How dare they? yeah, because basically I've not talked about the plot, but it's an experiment. I, I was going to mention at the very end. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you've not you've, first time I've not gone through the story. Well, there probably yeah. isn't one. I mean, there there is one to be fair, but it's 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 not it's it's a Spendables movie. You, you don't really care about it too much. But um, but the, the the basic plot is is um, uh, that the the guys are out on this mission. At the beginning, they save Wesley Snipes and bring him onto the team, uh, and and they they save him to um, to specifically do this job. And they go to do this job. They think it's the usual sort of thing, in and out and kill the bad guy, whatever. Um, but the bad guy ends up being Mel Gibson, and Mel Gibson has this shadowy past with the Expendables. He basically used to be an Expendable. Um, and and he's like ultra mega evil, and and their mission goes totally wrong, uh, and one of the one of the guys, one of the Expendables guys, uh, gets injured, like really badly injured, and he's in and he's in a coma and all this sort of stuff. Um, Which Expendable? It, it is uh, Terry Crews. Is that um, Tom's brother? <laughs> yeah. Could they not afford Tom? <laughs> so they got Terry Crews. <laughs> no, it's Terry Crews. Which is a shame. They kind of like Terry Crews. Look okay, how's but, that? Like the Yorkshire version of Tom Cruise. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Um, so he, he's in hospital, and uh, what happens is, is, is uh, Sylvester Stallone is the head of the Expendables, and he gets a grilling from Harrison Ford, who's kind of taken over from Bruce Willis's character in terms of like this boss guy, and um, he, he basically tells him off, and he's saying, "Look, your group is too old; you can't do it handle it anymore. Um, we're going to give you one last chance to do this job, but I want you to use someone else." So Sylvester Stallone sacks the other Expendables, hires these youngsters. Um, and which is where Kelsey Grammer comes into it. Not as a youngster, but Kelsey Grammer is like a headhunter. He he helps him find the crew, and there's this little assembling the crew sort of sequence and stuff. So um, they they get these youngsters um, to do the mission again. The mission goes wrong, and then Sylvester Sloan tries to go back to save them. And obviously, I'm, I'm spoiling the end a little bit, but who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> I think people stopped listening a long yeah. time ago. To be honest, and basically, <laughs> obviously, all the rest of the expendables come and join in and help them. And there's big explosions, and yeah, it's cool. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so as I say, so added to the Expendables characters, there's all these youngsters who are really bland, to be honest, and they're 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 a bit of a they're a bit a bit of a waste of time. But they're not. Who are the though. youngsters? Are they like known actors? Is Jason no. Statham one of the youngsters, or is he one of no, the? No, 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 he's one of the older. Oh, ones. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, he's in all the other films. But oh, um, okay, yeah. No, the youngsters. Uh, I don't know them. I think some of them are probably MMA fighters or something like that. But I didn't really. Um, no, nobody sort of mega famous really. Um, Is Daniel Radcliffe one of them? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cool. So, so as I say, I mean, it, it, the, the plot-wise, it is way too long. There's too much going on. But again, I didn't mind. They get the tone right. They get the pace right. Um, although I would say it's a bit too long. Um, the other thing I did really like in it is uh, Wesley Snipes. I thought Wesley Snipes was awesome. But because they've got so many characters. Like he's he's quite prominent in the first sort of twenty minutes, half an hour, and suddenly he just kind of disappears, and he's just he's just not in, he's barely in it at all until the big final fight when everyone's everyone's in it in, in, in the end anyway. 
Um, so I think he was a bit wasted, but when he's in it, he is quite fun. And uh, that, that's when some of the sort of in-jokes work quite well, as he kind of takes the piss out of the fact that, well, he's been in prison mm. for, for several years uh, for ta- tax evasion or whatever it is. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an actual joke about that, which is, actually works quite well. I think... I do think Wesley Snipes is quite underrated as a as a sort of a, a movie star, and uh, yeah, so he was cool. The film was fun. I enjoyed it. Most of the people will think it's shit. Anyone who analyses it will think it's shit, but I don't care. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, right, so let's just keep rolling. Obviously, we've not seen it, so we can't have any counter argument to that. Um, what should we do next? I don't know. We should, we'll do um, two days, one night. Um, yeah. next quickly, yeah. which is um, it's obviously just come out it's a, already sort of being billed as a sort of an Oscar contender I mean it, it'll probably definitely be odds on favourite for the best foreign language film but it's even you know people are already talking about Marion Cotillard for best actress and so I think um, and obviously we said we reviewed it before on the podcast we did um, when we, was in, we saw it at Cannes and we um, discussed it there so we'll, we'll go for it again um, but we'll you know we'll, we'll be brief um, and, we, and I'm sure we won't say anything different to it um, and again, me and me and Laura are both seen it. David, you have not seen it, have you? No, it's not. Uh, well, it didn't come out in Lincoln anyway. Put it, it that way. Okay. <laughs> so, and we've got slightly counteracting points. I mean, ultimately, I mean, my view is very different to what I suppose what critic what critically it's doing. Um, my biggest problem is, I mean, I, I can understand why she's getting loads of buzz, and I wouldn't object to her getting a kind of a nomination. I don't dispute the craft of the film. You know, it looks nice. It's other than my issues with the story, which I'll get into, it's, it's well written, it's well performed, it's, you know, on that level it's great. My problem is just in, in, inherently with the concept. Um, just quite briefly, it's called Two Days, One Night, and what it is, it's um, basically Marianne Cotillard has been suffering from depression and she's been away from work. And while she's been away from her work, um, the other employees have been given an option. They can either, you know, re- receive their 1000 euro bonus and she loses her job or they kind of d- decide to dismiss their bonus and she keeps her job and while she was away they all you know out of sight out of mind they all voted to get their bonuses you know who wouldn't want an extra thousand euro bonus um but then she comes back and she manages to convince the head of the company for to have a revo on the monday this is on the friday and he agrees so then she has two days and one night to speak to everybody on the committee and there's 17 of them i think um, and to try and change their minds. So the film, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and this is ultimately my big problem with it, is that that's the setup at the very beginning, and straight away, um, you know, okay, so she's, oh, this whole film, she's going to chat to everybody, there's 17 of them, you know, eight of them are definitely going to say yes, eight of them are definitely going to say no, and the tension at the very end comes from the one person who makes it decide and vote. That's kind of a really obvious, predictable sort of, like, structure, and it's exactly what happens. And ultimately, she's just going to chat to these people, and... You know, and I, there was no surprises along the way. It was just, it was all very well written. The interactions were fairly nice, I suppose, but there was no revelations. There was no surprises. There was no real drama to it at all. And there's an extra thing where they kind of, obviously, she's been suffering from depression, um, and that, that plays a part of it. Um, and so it, it, there was nothing that really grabbed me or pulled me through. I didn't really, you know, it's, it's probably, you know, kind of, kind of heartless on my side, but I didn't care. I didn't actually care what happened. Um, and so I think that's um, a sort of a big problem, and it's just you know, yeah, I don't know. You can only see so many kind of people knocking on other people's doors for so long. Um, so I just, I just didn't grab me in any way, shape, or form. You know, I can appreciate one of those films that happens a lot that I can appreciate, but I don't, you know, I don't particularly it doesn't engage me, and it didn't engage me anyway. And I found it very predictable and very kind of boring because of it. Um, but Laura, you think slightly different? Yeah, I do. I think that. Um... 
for me, I, it's not that I can disagree with anything that Darren's saying about the story, but for me, the character is is the person that engaged me in uh, Marion Cotillard's character. She's the person that pulled me through it, and I just I thought it was just an incredible um, depiction of somebody with depression and and fighting through that and having like having a reason to fight through that and seeing how that how she came she came through it. So for me, the problems with the story didn't bother me as much. I think as as Darren, it because I was drawn, I was drawn in by her character and the way that she played it, and yeah, very, very much so. Deserved all the buzz that she's getting and the potential Oscar nomination because uh, you know it, she's fantastic in it. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I'm not seeing the films. So I can't comment on this, but I, I've, uh, I, I love the Darden brothers. I've, I, I got sent like a box set of all their films a couple of years ago, so I've seen seen everything they've done except this, and. Uh, and the majority, there's a couple I wasn't massive fans of, but um, but generally I like them a lot. But they, they they do tend to be quite simple, like in terms of content of the story. But they tend to be quite beautifully crafted in terms of how the story works. It usually it's quite a neat sort of little capsule. I, I, this might be quite a different sort of film, but um, but yeah, I I tend to like their work a lot. So I'm very excited about this. But um, yeah, I'd be intrigued to see if it lives up because as I say, there's one or two that of theirs that I wasn't a massive fan of. But some that I just think are absolutely amazing. Well, a lot, you know, most people are saying that this, this is amazing. So I'd imagine, you know, you'll you probably yeah. love it. Just yeah, just didn't work for me. Um, it couldn't be more opposite. I'd imagine to Expendables three. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. So in the, I mean, like I say, pretty thin on the ground. Although actually, I think a lot of the films that are still out in the cinemas, we're going to chat about in the summer roundup. Yeah. But. Um, I don't know why these hang class the summer films because they're coming in the summer. <laughs> they're still coming out in the summer. But um, the last film was um, that we'll chat about is Obvious Child, not Ordinary Girl, which is what I keep calling it. <laughs> um, Obvious Child. Uh, Laura, you saw it. What you know? What is it about? And what did you think? Well, in a nutshell, it's about a female comedian who uh, gets pregnant, doesn't really want to be pregnant, and has an abortion. Um, that is it in a nutshell. Um, and once an abortion there's a subtle difference but yeah the film is about this woman who who, who's going through the process of having an abortion she wants an abortion yeah Hmm. why what did I say sorry she has an abortion oh okay she wants an abortion so that just ruined the film (laughs) I don't think so (laughs) um yeah, I don't think it's going to ruin the film at all. I think the film is obviously... Translation, yeah. I think it's more about the process. Apologies. We'll have to put on uh, spoiler warnings. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm going to start with, with its problems, because there were the worst of problems. I actually did... Um, OK, I'm not going to say that I loved the film. I quite liked it, and I really appreciated it for many reasons, and I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I'm going to just talk about the problems first of all. The biggest, I guess the biggest problem with it is it generally just fell flat a lot of the time. So the, the I, I guess a big part of it is its humour because it's a comedian and it starts off with um, her on stage. And from the very start, I wasn't grabbed by the humour at all. And, and it didn't really seem to be that any of the cinema, anyone in the cinema was, I think, no, later on. laughing out loud. Yeah, there was no one laughing out loud. Later on, people seemed to warm to it. I never really sort of did. wasn't really my kind of thing. But I, but I did warm to the character, so those are two different things. Um, and then sort of, it was just seemed that any potential for drama was, was quashed quite a lot there's there seemed to be scenes where there might be some conflict and then and then suddenly there just wasn't so I thought that was a bit of a shame um 
and there are also some some silly scenes like there's a scene in a restaurant where because because she gets pregnant with a guy um, and it's a one night stand but then he comes back into it he obviously wants to ask her out a bit more and she's unsure and then when she finds out she's pregnant that causes obviously an extra element an extra problem and then there's this scene in the restaurant she's gonna she sort of keeps trying to tell him and then these silly things sort of stop her and it, it was a bit predictable and really silly and it kind of for me it just jarred and there were a couple of scenes like that that just didn't seem real they just seemed a bit just like forced sort of forced thing. yeah 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 exactly um but what i did like about it um and i think probably the reason it will get a lot of buzz is it's 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 a very simple story about about somebody's journey through that process through you know going having an abortion and obviously you know it's a it's a very personalized story it's some it's one person's journey but i think there was Probably things that a lot of women can relate to in terms of, uh, obviously, it's, uh, you know, if they've been through that, but also, like, just general things um, that I think women will relate to. But I think it's just the fact that it was just quite honest and and quite a real portrayal and of, of sort of a modern-day um, story of, of someone doing that. And also, um, you know, for me, I've never really... I've never really seen anything like that before. I mean, there's... Yeah, let's say the whole idea of having a comedy about abortion does seem quite unique. It's not a comedy about abortion. It's not okay. a comedy about abortion, although, there, you know, there are some, there's some black humour in there about it, but, you know, it's not a comedy about abortion. It's, about, it's just about her journey. Mm. But the thing is, like, it's, it's just the fact that there's absolutely no apology for the fact that that is what it's about. And some, you know, a lot of the films that I've seen that have abortion in it, that, you know, they, they do kind of seem to apologise for it or have caveats in it. And that's, that's what I kind of liked about it. And that's why I think it, it's, a, it's great for that reason and it's brilliant that it's been made for that reason. I think it's just a big shame that the story fell flat a lot of the time because it had a lot of potential mm. to, to be better than it was and to almost be bigger than it was. Um, but Darren, I think, will probably have more to add to that. Uh, not really. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it either. I actually thought it was all right. It's like, it's sort of... I just thought it was really flat. Like, like you, for a film about stand-up comedy, it needs to be funny. Mm. And it wasn't. I probably you know, laughed a few times. But never laugh-laughed. It was always just like a, a chuckle or whatever. There's a few nice lines here and there. But I just didn't find it funny enough. Um, although she was okay. I found her quite engaging. I actually quite liked her. Um, but it was just, just a bit... You know, kind of watched yeah. it 90 minutes later. Um, I get, and obviously, like, Laura, the, the kind of main topic of conversation is this thing about the abortion. And I, I sort of disagree with you in a way. Like, you said that you liked the fact that it was sort of normalised. Um, but in a way... I mean, yeah, that's fine. I mean, for me, and maybe it's just because of the way I feel about abortion and the, and the kind of the kind of media that I kind of re, it kind of digest about it in terms of articles and stuff. For me, it wasn't saying anything of any interest whatsoever. It's like, yeah, a woman wants an abortion; she can have an abortion. Yeah, great, brilliant, awesome. It, it didn't say anything about it. It's like, yeah, obviously, hmm. you know, she lives in America. You know, she lives in America and she she can do that. There's no conflict to that. Brilliant. You know, it's, it's it, the fact that it is normal in our society now, getting more normal. Great, but the film didn't pose any conflicts to it. So for me, that was what was. And the thing is, it's the most important thing in the story. So it's like this is the most important thing in the story, and we're not going to say anything about it or do anything with it. So it's like if it was just like a, something that was happening in the sides, and it was just so normalised, then then for me it would be more important because it's just like you know what we're not even making a deal of this. She's having an abortion, she has an abortion, no one gives a fuck. That's great, you know that that, that representation of society. But to bring it to the forefront and then do nothing with it just feels a bit like 
is I making a point that. but doesn't yeah. quite make a point if that makes sense it's, so I just found that a bit, bit weird like in a way I'd think I, I'd probably I would have been more engaged if there was some kind of if it did kind of highlight the problems that even kind of western kind of women face you know obviously um, because I mean that's the thing it's like kind of just to kind of slightly flip what I've just said is that in a way yeah but it is more normal in our societies but at the same time I'm sure there are still, there are still girls who it's really yeah. fucking difficult yeah. for it to do and it's like actually I'd be more I want to know I'd rather know that story I'd rather you know there be more conflicts so I'd rather the kind of guy have these, these objections to it or a family or some religion you know something to add a bit of spice to it but it wasn't so it was a weird one it's like even normalise it and shove it to the side because it's not you know because just to kind of show show it's it's kind of it's kind dizzy. of lessening importance in society, or you play you know you kind of highlight some you know to, almost to say to people you know what it is more normal, but it's still not we're not we're not there yet we're not there yet because this this isn't this yeah. so we need to highlight this so 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 in a way kind of you know I suppose that's well think about it and in a way it made the story just a bit. <laughs> and yeah, and it was yeah. flat. It I didn't like flat. him at all. He was. He, he, he just, I just don't think he was as developed. He just seemed a little bit sort of less drawn out as a character. He seemed a little bit sort of two-dimensional, I think, and the kind of guy character. And But, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, that's a small, small note. But it's, it's kind of all right. I mean, like I say, it's not... didn't didn't dislike it or anything. It just was a bit... Like, left it. It's like, yeah, what, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure it was a great reaction yeah, you wanted from the, an audience. The, yeah, the, the thing is... You know there is still there is still conflict even where even where abortion is legalized in in any country in this country in, in America there's still a huge amount of a conflict that that causes on a, on a wider scale potentially it could have looked at that um, and and had some of that drawn into it and maybe yeah I, you know perhaps that would have been much more uh, engaging as a story it, and you know and I, I probably agree with that actually but I think. I I just appreciated it for the fact that you know what we're not going to apologise about this. This is this is just what's happening. But yeah, unfortunately, it fell flat. So yeah, I just think, like I say, it's I I absolutely feel it's a shame and it had a lot of potential. I you know I think it would be nice if someone took the story and made a bit more of it and actually made maybe looked at some of the issues that still surround it in legalisation. But I'm not going to get into my mm. my long and uh, thoughts about. That could be beer all night. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so let's get into the um, the juicy bit. Yeah, the summer's summer. over. <laughs> we've uh, we've all seen a few films, not loads of films. I no. think it's, yeah, it's been a diff- we've been a busy, busy time. Moving to London, moving away from Paris, and blah blah blah. Babies. Um, babies, all sorts of crazy stuff. I think it's a start, and I think we're all going to agree. I mean, obviously, Laura's going to have less input in this conversation because she's really not seen many films. Um, Terrible. Biggest disappointment, Lord. Do you have a disappointment? Have you seen a disappointment film or no, disappointing film or not really? You... No, no. I've seen a rubbish film, but I can't really talk about it in this conversation because it was a French one. Okay, French. Yeah. okay, that's fine. So, Dave, I think our disappointment is the same. Yeah, mine is Godzilla. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, although I think I think you'll be probably harsher than me. I think. Well, I fucking hated yeah. it, so I'm guess I, I will. <laughs> I liked elements of it. I didn't hate it. But I was just very disappointed by it, and and there were elements that I hated. It, yeah, I mean, for me, we won't go on about it too much. But um, for me, just 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 in terms of before, we, without even going into any flaws with the sort of writing and the performances or anything like that, it's more for me just from a pure monster movie sort of thing. Is I thought 
the Godzilla versus Muto, whatever it's called, the fights were amazing, but they 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 kept teasing them. Uh, Gareth Evans kept teasing them, and like the idea of that's kind of nice and it can work very well. I mean, like Jaws, it works really well. But he does it a little too much so that he just really tests, tests your patience so much that you're just like, oh, just fucking make them fight already. <laughs> be, 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 but I think the biggest thing is the rest of the film isn't strong enough for you to carry on being on tenterhooks, waiting for the action to happen. So, I mean, the very finale, I thought the finale was really spectacular. And I watched it on the IMAX 3D and it was like, it, it, the the last like five minutes blew me away, but that was, <laughs> but, that, but that was pretty much all you it had was. To wait a long time. Yeah, for that. There's, there's only about five or ten minutes of sort of proper full on Godzilla action. The rest of it's this kind of naff sort of uh, drama about these about the humans, and it, it just doesn't work. I, I did find that the first I quite enjoyed the first sort of fifteen. Uh, 15 minutes or so when it was more about Brian Cranston in the past yeah, yeah. it's it's cheesy it's kind of cor- corny um, and there's some cheesy moments but I kind of I didn't mind that cheesy tone that they went for I think it kind of worked at the start because there was some drama and there was a loss and and death and all this sort of stuff and and you did feel something even if it was a even if it was pretty over the top uh, but you genuinely felt something but then later on in the film it becomes about uh, what's his name the guy from Kickass on his name um oh my god yeah, yeah i can't remember he's got a weird name <laughs> that guy uh, the guy from kick-ass great uh, but he um when he kind of takes over i just was never interested i never cared about it. and there wasn't really anything he didn't really he didn't really kind of change the character didn't develop nothing really there was nothing no, no, there was no reason to care about his sort of story i mean he ca- he got split up from his his family a bit but it was never really I don't know. It just, I, I just didn't give a shit. So I was just kind of there waiting for Godzilla to uh, to to appear. And and whenever he did appear, there were some cool set pieces. Like some, there were some quite tense moments when he appeared, and it's like, oh shit, what's he going to do? But then when he was about to do something, they cut away, and it's like, if they did that once or twice, fair enough. But he, they must have done that about six times, and it's just eventually, it's like, just fuck's sake, just <laughs> give us Godzilla. So yeah, that was that was that was my take on it. But so there were a couple of scenes that I thought were great. Um, but overall, it's just really disappointing. Yeah, I actually agree with what you're saying, but I think my my extremities of how bad it was is probably bigger. I think I I think that he looks great. I think the design of yeah. him is perfect, and that end battle was great. That mm. was really good. But the rest of the film was so fucking bad. This guy cannot direct. Mm. He cannot direct actors at all. It comes from a CG background, and you can tell he comes from a yeah. special effects background. It shits me up to think that he's going to do a Star Wars film. He can't. I didn't. I didn't think. I thought Monsters was really overrated. That had a couple of nice moments again. And the, the most spectacular thing about it was that he made it for that money, and it looked like that. Mm. You know, that again. See, in, but I, I didn't quite get the hype of that film. And this. I mean, this film is so so shit. Um, I mean, Ken Watanabe. I will say, who I think is a good actor, he probably gives the worst performance I've ever seen in a film ever. <laughs> Even the kids' films that we've done and we've made. I, did, I thought he was kind of fucking. I think he was he, going. He does for the a same thing kind of every like, single. But, but yeah. I blame the director. I don't blame him yeah. at all. Every single reaction does he does his slow turn and <laughs> he, he just looks like fucking gormless. And every no, not once does he look like he's having an intelligent he thought. He was kind or of comedy. The cinema, I think, actually laughed at quite a few of his lines. Oh, it's it just... awful. He was awful. I mean, for me, the big biggest thing is the biggest problem is in the writing um in a sense that there was no sort of tension um and thus sort of no journey i suppose you're saying this about um, the guy i can't remember his name getting old um but there's no tension even in the godzilla rack 
No. Which, in, in, in a way, that's the most important thing. What, what I mean by that is, like, Godzilla... There was no movement, there's no turn in the story. Godzilla, from the very beginning, was presented as the hero. From the very beginning. Kong Watanab says, Godzilla will save the day. The, the villain was yeah. always the spider creature. And, and there was always, like, Godzilla will restore balance. Godzilla will... He was yeah. telling us the ending from the beginning. And there was no turn. For me, what would have been better if Godzilla was revealed first? Obviously, the, I don't give a shit that they come up with this reason that he only came about to save the day, whatever. And actually, people saw him as the villain. People saw him as the bad guy. Maybe that he was causing some destruction, mm. that, you know, and, and that he was the villain of it. And then you realise that he is. And it's just so, so yeah. it turns. But the fact that he, straight away they're like, Godzilla's going to come and he's going to save the day. Godzilla will restore balance. Godzilla, Godzilla. You know, it's like, well, okay, so there's not, okay, so we get this. Mm. So Godzilla's going to come and save the day and he saves the day. But there's no sort of movement in the journey of that. And yeah. I, th- I just think it'd have been better if he was presented as a villain first, mm. and then the t- then it turned, and then it'd be much more kind of dramatic movement within that. So that, that was my biggest problem, I'd say, with it. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, very disappointing because mm. it kind of looked great from the trailer. Yeah, cause it, it had the potential to be yeah. to be good. It had some great moments. Kind of be really controversial. Yeah, I preferred um, the one with Matthew Broderick in it. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen it for a long time. I can't no, I haven't actually. But in my head, is that's way. Well, yeah, I think in my head when I was younger, when I watched that, I was like, yeah, it's not very good. But I, I watched it. I've probably watched it a couple of times. I think yeah. even. I liked uh, yeah. it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's okay. So now let's get on to the, get on to the, good the films that we like. Because I actually, in all honesty, I think it's been a really good summer. I do. I think yeah, I I, I think it's been very good. Summer. But that is probably the only film I've been genuinely disappointed. Yeah. About. Oh, definitely. I mean, with this loads I haven't seen, but but in that sense, there's loads of I haven't seen that I've meant to be really good. You know, it's like the new X Men film and stuff like that. And so and it's Taylor um, Johnson. Oh, of course. That's <laughs> it, yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's been a good summer. So what we're going to do, we're going to do, if people listen to our podcast, I don't know if you explained this at the beginning, we're going to do what we do right. for Christmas. Yeah. Where we're, um, we're going to pick five, we're going to start off with a fifth. If someone's, I'd imagine our top fives are all identical, yeah. but um, different orders. And if somebody's got it higher, we'll wait and we'll chat about it when it's at its highest point. Because um, I'm talking, I will go first, and I know for a fact I won't get to talk about this film. My fifth favourite film of the summer is Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, mm-hmm. talk about that, yeah. Okay, so Dave... <laughs> Uh, my fifth favourite was uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. No. Should <laughs> no, we just let's do a top fives and then just chat about each film? Because I think we were, Yeah. It's yeah, going to be audience. Okay, so my top five. Five in, in my fifth favourite film is Guardians of the Galaxy. My fourth favourite film was Edge of Tomorrow. My third favourite film of the summer was Boyhood. Then Planet of the Apes. Hmm. And then How to Train Your Dragon 2. Right, our orders <laughs> are quite different. My number five was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, my four was X-Men Days of Future Past. Three Guardians of the Galaxy, two How to Train a Dragon, and number one was Boyhood. Yeah. Okay. Um, mine, I've only got four because I really haven't seen that many films. <laughs> so uh, I have, um, at number four, I have um, Guardians of the Galaxy. At number three, Planet of the Apes. Number two, Boyhood. Number one, How to Train Your Dragon. How come you order on your little notepad here puts Guardian second? Because I was just right. I was just remembering the films that I'd seen, not like I didn't put them in order. Uh, <laughs> so that's at the side. It was like yeah. you just added it on. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, let's just go through them one by one. I mean, yeah, do, I mean do you want to chat about X Men? Yeah, because the one we've not seen. No one else. Oh, you haven't actually seen it. Okay, all oh, right, yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah cause, I mean, because you guys mentioned Ed- Edge of Tomorrow. That was just I was toying between that and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah, X Men: Days of Future Past. Uh, I must admit, with the with the X Men films, I've I've enjoyed most of the X Men films. Uh, the first sort of three, well, no, actually, three was a bit Not rubbish. Three, but yeah. the first two I enjoyed, but I wasn't a huge fan of them. I thought they, none of these were, were perfect. 
And then the new sort of reboot or whatever it was, the um, first class. First class. I really didn't didn't really like that much at all. I just didn't get into first class at all. So I kind of wasn't looking forward to this. Um, but then I think it was the last trailer came out, and the last trailer made it actually look quite cool. And I thought, oh, I'm going to give it a chance. And I just really enjoyed it. I think it it was just it it was just kind of the blockbuster, the sort of blockbuster that worked to me. It had the spectacle I quite enjoyed. I loved the um, the bits in the future when they've got the uh, I can't remember what they called it. I haven't. This is like the earliest one of the summer that I've seen, so I've forgotten a lot of the details. But you have these uh, sentinels. That's it. The sentinels coming attack them. I thought they looked amazing. They were they were pretty terrifying because they're just so powerful. That kind of so on a spectacle level, it was good. Also, it's a it's a time travel sort of story, and I I love that kind. Of, I, I love time travel movies. I've got a soft spot for them. So it made the story quite interesting, even though it's a bit flawed and it's not the greatest. Not the best time travel story in the world, but it made the story engaging. Um, and just overall, I just think generally it was a quality, solid summer blockbuster, and I just really enjoyed it. Um, it's a bit low down my list because I don't think it really pushed the, it didn't really push the boat or do anything quite as new as maybe a couple of the other ones. Not that any of them have done any, anything mega new, um, but yeah, it's just really solid, just really solid. I think Boyhood's done something quite... Yeah, I was, gonna, I was looking at Melissa, I was like, oh yeah, what am I talking about? I, I'm talking more about the blockbustery sort okay. of films, I guess. Fair enough. Um, I'll chat about Edge of Tomorrow, because you two don't have that on your list, Laura's not even seen it. Um, I think, I really, really liked Edge of Tomorrow. I think it surprised me as well of how much I liked it. Um, it's obviously simple, it's like sort of Groundhog Day meets sort of Terminator, or I don't know. <laughs> it meets some video games, it is a bit like a video game, it's weird. It is a bit, yeah, I guess so, actually, in the fact that he dies and it goes a little bit further and yeah, goes yeah. and it gets used to the level sort of thing, I suppose. But yeah, I just think it was just, I was really, do you know what, on the other side, I actually just think Tom Cruise is really underrated. I just really mm-hmm. like him. I never, I just don't have a problem with him. Um, and if it was just, I just, yes, sure he's pleased. I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching sort of him start off as this sort of gimpy guy mm-hmm. and then him sort of like build up and get better every day and it ends up sort of becoming this sort of like sort of ultimate soldier sort of thing. I, I enjoyed that. I thought Emily Blunt was brilliant. I thought she was a really a great female character as well mm-hmm. in terms of just being kind of really strong. You know, there's a lot of kind of debate at the minute about sort of female roles and, and, and things like that. So I think she's a really good example of like a modern, Ouch. great teenage... Uh, teenage, teenage. Um, <laughs> a female kind of character and she was brilliant in it um, as well but yeah I just loved it I just thought it was really cool. and it is very similar to that and also what's the one with um, that um, Duncan Jones did as well Moon no the oh sorry one. yeah Source Code mm-hmm. Source Code yeah, so yeah it's quite similar so there's a little bit of that in it as well so it's, it is on some levels quite derivative but it still felt yeah, really it still fresh. Felt fresh yeah, yeah. it felt it just felt like I hadn't really seen much like that before yeah. did it really well it was it was really engaging um, and it you know it just kind of surprised me yeah. along the way it added bits of humour well, in there yeah. as well yeah and it's just yeah it, it wasn't so earnest with it was it it was no I think there's a couple of moments that I thought was maybe a little bit silly yeah. in its humour, but on the whole, no, just thought it was, thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the only reason, it, I mean, as I say, it was very close to being in my list. The, the only thing that bothered me a little bit, and I don't know why it bothered me, because it's, <laughs> it, it's not, the more I think about it, it's not that bad, but at the time it was a bit like, oh, it was just the ending. I do, do feel like they bottled it a little bit, like they tacked on something at the end just to make it a bit happy, happier. And uh, I don't want to spoil it, but um, yeah, just, just the end just slightly bothered me a little bit and as you say there's a few little silly bits but generally I just thought it was a lot of fun and as you say it felt quite original yeah so, definitely yeah, it was definitely up there for me um, so Laura what do you want to chat about which one or which one 
Guardians of the Galaxy, can we go? Yeah. Well, can you say it first? Yeah. Although I don't really want to. I could. I. Do you know what? Um, I can't really remember it that well. <laughs> I just know that I enjoyed it when I was. But what was it about that you that you enjoyed? It. It's. Do you know what? I think the biggest thing that I like, I was expecting from the trailers, I was really expecting. You didn't it to want to go watch it at all, did you? Awful. No, yeah. I said to Darren, I don't, I don't want to go. It just looks like real silliness, really stupid humour. Something. It just didn't. Well, look it is. Right, a bit, yeah. it? <laughs> it is, but not. Sorry, it is, but not in the way that I expected. I just expected to, it to be pathetic and like it wasn't going to find it. But actually, it was silly, but in a great way. It was just lots of fun, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's about as much as I'm going to say about it, really. Okay, that's right. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it a lot. Where was it on your list again, Dave? It's number three. Um, but I enjoyed Guardians. Can anybody say it? I enjoyed it a lot as well. <laughs> no, I think I the, the, <laughs> the humour really worked well. The the tone's great. It was just a lot of fun. Um, I was laughing out loud, which doesn't happen a lot in the cinema. Um, not happened for a while. Uh, so I, I just found it a lot of fun. The, the only downside, I think, would say that. Um, the actual sort of action in the story was very generic. It wasn't. It didn't put a lot of thought into that. But because it was so much fun and because it kind of didn't take itself too seriously, I didn't really mind and I, I did enjoy it a lot. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's actually f- f- fifth for me. Um, and I think similar thing. I think it's a really great film for Marvel to have done. It's a great time and it's obviously done stupidly well. Mm. And it's kind of like it's great. They, 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 it is a bit of a bold, kind of a risk, wasn't it, really? And the, yeah, the director, I mean, it, yeah. he did Slither and uh, uh, Super and stuff like that. He's not really done a film like this at yeah, all. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad, really, that he's that they chose him to do it um, and that they've... But although they've done it a lot, even when you think like John Favreau doing Iron Man and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, you know, there's kind of quite crazy decisions. Uh, and actually, Kenneth Branagh doing Thor. And, yeah, and actually, no, because he originally came from Troma as well, this Peter Gunn, yeah. didn't he? Which is crazy to think that a Troma director has gone on to direct one so of the biggest The risks have paid off quite a lot and yeah. hopefully the Star Wars risks will pay off mm. um, as well, obviously being, or being Disney. Um, but um, I think the thing, I think for me, it's like, the reason why it wasn't higher, I think for me, I did. I love the tone. I love the sort of cheesiness of it and the sort of almost 80s sort of feel um, to it all. Mainly from the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. The, the sort of aliens but are like But also the kind of Spielberg style sort of setting, set up of it and stuff like that, the kind yeah. of, in the beginning and the, and they're almost quite Star Warsy in some way and yeah. kind of a space balls, I suppose it's more. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. I think, I think the thing is... It, I didn't find it that funny, and I was—that's the only thing that I found disappointed. There's a few lines which I thought were really funny, and I th- and I liked the tone of it. So I was, I, you know, it's like it made, you know, it was fun, and I smiled a lot. But it, a lot of the jokes didn't quite really—they didn't really make me laugh. Like everyone's banging on about the kind of big wrestler guy in it. I thought he was pretty bad. He <laughs> was really Jesus. wooden and still it's all like group for me. <laughs> yeah, well, like yeah, exactly. oh, the raccoon. The guy. raccoon was funny, yeah. um, but um. It just so that's the only disappointment. Like I thought it was going to be funnier. Like going in, you heard all the kind of buzz and the hype, and and it, it did have a great sort of atmosphere to it and great mood. But I just didn't laugh that much, no. which I was which I spent it to. So and like you say, it wasn't that you know the kind of plot wise wasn't original really or anything like that. So it's just but it was just a really refreshing superhero film. Yeah, and it's kind of obviously cool done stupidly well as well. Um, so Dave, give us another one. 
another one. Uh, do, 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 do. Shall I talk about Dawn of Planets of the Apes? It's quite low in my list compared to everyone else's, but we all discussed it. What, what the fuck is well, not low. I mean, it's still it's still top five. I mean, and as I say, I really enjoyed Edge of Tomorrow, and this is only just above it. But why was it fifth, Dave? Why was it fifth? I think, for me, because um, the film kind of focuses on two aspects. It focuses on the apes' story, and it focuses on the humans' story as well. And for me, I loved whenever it was with the apes. That would... I mean, a lot of people bang on about the special effects. Yeah, they were amazing. But also their kind of... I was very engaged in their sort of story and what was going on in their sort of world. But when it came to humans, it was a little bit like textbook, sort of post-apocalyptic. Just, I don't know. They, they weren't that. They weren't amazingly interesting. Um, but in general, the film, it was just... It was, it was nice to see a summer film where... I kind of... It wasn't really... Although the special effects are amazing, it wasn't really a big spectacle film. It wasn't just about these big explosions and set pieces and things. The special effects were there to serve the characters mm. and the story. And that's what I kind of liked. I got engaged with the characters. Okay, I was more engaged with the monkeys than the humans, but they're still the characters. And uh, tell us something, Dave. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was just very engaged in it. It was a really solid sort of uh, uh, narrative. It wasn't necessarily doing anything amazingly new, but um, I found it interesting. I found it involving... Uh, and the the characters are just strong. I just I, I don't know. I just kind of really got into it. It's difficult to really to really say much more than that. I don't know. I just it was one of these films that I just really went along with and just yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's about it. I've I've just changed my mind actually. I put I changed that and Boyhood around. I turned it. I put it to number two. I thought it was brilliant. I just I, I'm with. I mean yeah. I think I agree with you. It, it is vastly more interested in the ape story that didn't mean that i didn't enjoy the stuff that was you know oh, yeah it wasn't totally switched off but yeah and obviously that's it's necessary to drive the story forward um again it, I, I don't i don't quite know what i was expecting but again it just it was better than what i expected i think um i did enjoy the first one um but i sort of i actually think this is better than the first I was going to ask that which one. What do you want yeah. to do for Dave? It's been a while since I've seen the first one. To be honest, um, they're probably probably about level. I think okay. both of them are liked. I, I, both of them are liked quite a lot, but didn't love. They're not like again like top five rather than top three sort of thing. I uh, thought I thought the character development of the main ape throughout that the story was just fantastic, yeah. and I particularly loved the the ending, which obviously I won't give away, but I did I did quite mm. enjoy that. So yeah. Um, and I was and I was expecting, and actually it was quite brutal and and mm. dark and and much darker I think than I expected, which I, I should have been expecting that, but I, I don't know for some reason mm. I wasn't. I just yeah, it was really drew me in, and I, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of action, so it wasn't have, that action. Yet. Well, exactly. Well, I, guess I the think end that's was, what I mean to have that yeah. more of an element, more engaging characters, mm. and something that could really draw draw me in in particular because I can't just watch action on its own. So I think. Yeah, I I sort of really enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved it. I actually did love it. I loved the first one. I actually think the first one's probably a bit better. Um, I think it's just a more original story for a summer blockbuster. But it's actually more about this relationship between this guy and his monkey. It's almost like um, the film Project X, which uh, I talk about a lot. I love it. (laughs) And um, the documentary Project Nim and stuff like that. It reminded me more of that. And then it sort of had this real real spectacle side to it as well. So (laughs) I thought it was more original. But I think this... Yeah, it doesn't do anything that different. Um, it is, you know, it is just two warring f- f- kind of fractions, kind of factions, sort of, kind of almost fighting over land, and yeah. you know, it's kind of a kind of a relatively sort of stapled sort of story. But 
I don't know what it is about it. I think you kind of touched on it. I think it's got a sort of an element of class to it yeah. where it's never like the action and the kind of spectacle of it isn't massive and grotesque. It's not like these amazing epic set, set pieces. Everything feels sort of kind of subdued and it feels right for the tone of the film. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sort of have this sort of these character driven kind of kind of story elements and then all of a sudden it's just, yeah, fucking goes ape shit at the end, mm-hmm. which is a lot of films do. A lot of superhero films still yeah. do that. Um, and, and I just feel everything was just played like it just knew what it was the story it wanted to tell and it played it absolutely kind of well um, and I think and I think yeah I think obviously the monkey side although, although the way I saw it was that it was all absolutely the monkey story I never saw yeah. it as two halves yeah. I saw it as the monkey story and then we occasionally went over to the to the um, to the human side but I suppose what I liked I sort of liked the sort of parallels between the two of like there's also like Caesar and obviously the human guy and they both got the sort of sidekicks who are a little bit more sort of crazy and a little bit more sort of gung ho of the you know Gary Oldman and yeah. then Cobra is it Cobra yeah. and it's they're like the parallels and they're like they're almost trying to create peace mm, and trying to come totally, together yeah. and then that idea of you know we you know we can't um, you know of the inability of that I mean that's not a spoiler we know where this leads to it leads to Planet of the Apes not the Planet of the Apes and humans yeah. so we know what happens. Um, and I just think it's, and I think that helps as well. I think that adds a sort of a, mm. I don't know what it is. It's not a tension. It's weird. It's sort of, in effect, it should loosen the tension because you know where it's going. But I think there's a yeah. re- sometimes when you know where it's going, yeah, yeah. like yeah. oh my, you know, like yeah. how does this happen? How does this? How do yeah. they get there from this position? I think in general that's what made it interesting. Although there's, when you break the story down, it's not that unique. I think the period in time of the Planet of the Apes sort of storyline is inherently interesting. It's kind of hasn't been that explored. Like the original well, I've not seen all the original sequels to the Planet of the Apes. I've only seen this sort of first Planet of the Apes film. But like that is obviously set straight in the Planet of the Apes. Like um it, it's it's humans from uh well it's a big spoiler, everyone knows the end of Planet of the Apes. But uh, <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> I was wrong. Obviously people going to the future um when the planet's already established. So it's kind of interesting to see that middle ground. Uh, so I think it just the actual idea of it and what it was exploring I found very interesting. Um yeah, even if even if at its essence, it's just kind of warring factions, as we said. Yeah, yeah, but it is, cool. um, yeah, and it does look amazing as well. And I don't just mean on, on the, like the special effects are amazing, which I think they are. And I think actually, at the very beginning, I was a little bit like, oh, the bear looked a bit dodgy, and it takes, yeah. there's, there's something about it that's not quite right. I think it's in ten years, it's going to look pretty dated, but yeah. I just think visually, the kind of cinematography it looked amazing, the kind yeah. of the kind of canopies mm. of the forest and the, yeah, the, the kind of shots and the makeup, yeah. even the yeah. look of the apes and yeah. the kind of design of it rather yeah. than this kind of techni- te- technicality of it. Yeah. It's like, I thought it looked amazing in the, mm. um, the kind of bit at the end as well and yeah, I thought it was great. Um, cool. Planet of the Apes, man, yeah, my number two. Um, so, I will talk about, although I've just chatted about that for a long time, um, <laughs> Well, we've only got Boyhood and Edge um, How to Train Your Dragon, Dragon to, yeah. to go. Um, I guess I'll chat about Boyhood. It was yeah. my number three. Um, boyhood. Um, what a film. It's a weird one, isn't it? Um, mm. I think... Well, people say, oh, it's not been done before. It's something that's not been done before. I actually really think he's done it before. I think, in a way, this is yeah. sort of the, the kind of before trilogy. Kind of, Done yeah. in a slightly... It's been filmed in a different way, but it's yeah. the same concept of seeing people grow, seeing yeah. relationships grow, and, mm. you know, and yeah. I hate to think it's yeah, sort of it the same concept. Yeah. Um, and sort of two things to say about this. I mean, the kind of, ba- the kind of bad side to it, the, the, the worst thing about this film are the two stepdad characters yeah. who are so two-dimensional, so irritatingly bad. Yeah. Not 
not irritating. That's a really that's a bit too. They strong. just don't feel as they natural. Just don't fit. as the rest Yeah, of the film, it's just yeah. weird. Like, especially the first one is pure car caricature. The second one's a bit better, but he ends up being this domestic abuser, aggressive. You know, it's just yeah. so textbook. Um, um, I did, you know, I did find when he got into his teenage years. Rightly so, he was this pretentious teenager, and I found him pretty irritating in those <laughs> scenes. Um, so, is it, you know, I kind of struggled to engage with it. But as a whole, I did think it is a kind of sort of a minor masterpiece. Mm. And um, but you know, you know, it was unbelievably fascinating. Yeah, to see these people age and these relationships grow, and yeah. you know, and but, so. Uh, Adding on to that, you know, a lot of people are saying this film's amazing despite the fact that you see in 10 years. It's amazing anyway. So I actually don't think it, it would be. Mm. For me, the real genius of this film is seeing mm. these people age and grow. There's yeah. something about that that was so sort of captivating. Yeah. Like every time it jumped a year, every single time, yeah. it was like, wow, you know, something about yeah. it is like amazing. It's a bit like what we're talking about. I think we mentioned this a while ago when you talked about the uh, Midnight films. Uh, is is I think you mentioned it before when you because you watched the second one. Um, I can't, I always get them mixed up. Is the second one Sunrise? But yeah, before no, before no, Sunset set is the yeah. second Forsen one. Yeah. Set. But um, but yeah, it's like how watching the second film makes you appreciate the first. Yeah, film. That, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I watched them both sort of kind of after that as well, and uh, and I had the same experience where I saw the first film and it's like oh, it's okay, I don't see what the fuss is about. I saw the second film, loved it, and that kind of makes you appreciate the first film more as yeah, well. Exactly. So yeah. it's um, but yeah, and I, I do agree with you. I mean, Boyhood was number one in my list, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I kind of agree with the flaws you said. It is a flawed film. It does have problems, uh, and. And I basically my problems were exactly the same as what you said. I think I think for me, as I, as I mentioned briefly, is like um, is those scenes with the stepdad. I think that's when the that's when it felt like they were scripted. It felt like they were oh let's add some drama. Mm. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the film was quite sort of natural and quite simple. It was just little moments in this in this family's life, and I found those little moments really touching. And when they actually tried to force some drama in there, it didn't quite work. Um, but Overall, I think it's still my number one because it did feel... I mean, like you say, I know there's similarities with the, <laughs> with the Before Sunset and Sunrise and stuff like that, but I do think it felt like nothing I hadn't had seen before yeah, absolutely, because yeah. of how it was made. And, it, and it, I did find it utterly, utterly captivating. So as you say, you call it like a minor masterpiece. That's that, I mean, that is why I've put it higher than the other films because we'll talk about How to Train a Dragon 2 later. I mean, that's brilliant. And, and to be honest, all five of these films I thought were great. I really enjoyed them. But I think this was just... Because it felt like something new, it kind of pushed it a little over the edge, even if it was a bit flawed. Yeah. It's the sort of film that I maybe, um, well, no, that's wrong. Yeah, I was going to say I maybe wouldn't give sort of a five star review to, but at the same time, I'd put it quite high in my films of the year just because it kind of the impact it had. It on sort of feels important. I, yeah, it feels Doesn't important. It? Like you know, you're going to be chatting about this film in twenty yeah. years' time, sort of thing. But I think people like just. Because it's had ludicrously high reviews, like 100% average score and like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and all that sort of business. Um, and I kind of, part of me is like, it doesn't agree with that. It's like, I don't think, it's not a perfect film, but at the same time, it's still well up there. I mean, in my list of films of the year, it's probably, it's probably ranking at the top still now. I don't know, something might kick it off. But um, just because it did kind of blow me away, um, yeah, although weirdly I did find that the first kind of half an hour or so, it took me a little while to get into it. I just found it a little bit odd, um, the way it worked. It kind of jumped, it jumped in ages quicker than I thought it would and um, it just took a while for it to settle in. But once it did, I just couldn't stop watching it. And it's like three hours long, and almost I think, or I can't remember, it's pretty much three hours long. But by the end of it, I was, 
I was kind of like, oh, it's finished. It's like, I want much more of it. I could have just kind of stayed in it because I found it so fascinating. So um, it just, yeah, it just really affected me and kind of intrigued me so much that it just, it had to be top for me, really. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Interestingly... I think I didn't enjoy it as much as you do. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised you kind of moved it up to number two. No, you... I moved it down. I moved Planet of the Apes up to two and I moved that down to three um, just because I realised I did enjoy Planet of the Apes more. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not that I disagree with anything that you're saying about it it being, you know, something quite important and the fact that it's, you know, it's sort of, I suppose in some ways breaking new ground. But I just found some scenes... So utterly boring and the problem was that when that happened like some of the especially the teenage scenes I think particularly um but when that happened it was pulling me out of the film because when there was a scene that I was just like I'm not interested this is not ugh, ugh, ugh. that strong wanna, really yeah I don't want to really? I don't want to see teenage boys talking about girls and what they get I just I'm not interested and and the problem and that just pulled me out I couldn't help it it didn't help that my backside was killing for some reason it was a really uncomfortable long film. so that probably added to it but yeah and it was a very long film and it felt it for me mm. like I you know you could have uh, I could probably go through the whole script pick out the scenes I didn't like and go mm. yeah there you go to our film that's better <laughs> but obviously that's a bit fair but yeah and and the thing is like you know I, I keep forgetting it's the same director that did the before trilogy and it to me it's not a patch on the before trilogy oh, I, I prefer I really the I prefer it incredible yeah and that just so, I appreciate what it's doing sounds like you really don't like no, it I and don't, I don't no, understand no, why it's no, um, no, 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 number no, three no 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 because I, I'm, I think it's just because you two have just creamed over it so much yeah. I'm just saying what the problems were for me but uh, you know I just think that uh, I, you know I can't possibly say how it could have been better it could have been shorter <laughs> but uh, but yeah I, I just think that um, there were yeah there were just like I say just some and I appreciate it's you know you know that's kind of saying this thing of like, you know, life is just a collection of moments and you remember these specific things in your life and whatever, but I just, yeah, yeah, just didn't, I just wasn't interested in some bits. And then when, but to be fair to the to be fair to it, when the scenes were good, they did pull me back in, so that's a good thing about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Faint praise. Yeah, yeah. yeah Are you sure you didn't play Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> I had more fun at Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think, you know, I think... No, I think... If you used to watch both of them again, which one would you watch? If I had to choose one? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. So you preferred... It was more fun to watch initially, and if you'd watch another one again, you'd watch Guardians of the Galaxy again. <laughs> Weirdly, though, you can get some films that are yeah. amazing, but you don't necessarily want to watch regularly. I mean, yeah. like Downfall, I think, is more... incredible, but it's... I wouldn't choose to stick it on yeah, every two it's, minutes. It's, it's better written, it's got more classes, more about... In, in general, it's just, you know... Anyway... Right. But it's not that I didn't enjoy, you know, the, the the I mean, you know, the moments where it was brilliant and, you know, it had some absolutely amazing moments, absolutely brilliant moments, and those moments were, there were probably more than them than the boring ones, and, you know, and those were the things mm. that, you know, made this a good film for me, if that mm. makes sense. Not really. No. Um, well, let, you can start making more sense in chat about How to Train Your Dragon 2. Oh, I love How to Train Your Dragon <laughs> 2. It's so good. It's, I just, you know, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. It's as simple as that. There's no question if you haven't. Why is it so good? <laughs> oh, just because, it, you know, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic story. It's got its surprises. It's 
dark. It's, it's you know those tra- trailers that, that they release when you like pull people out of the after the cinema and do an advert for it. That's what you sound like at the minute. I'm just getting excited. It's good. I like it. It's nice. It's just funny. It's great, but it's really it's dramatic. Everything. No, I mean the thing is when I when that when the credits started rolling to that film, I had to. I was so immersed in the whole thing. I had to wait until the credits had finished. Mm. It was just like I couldn't. I couldn't quite go outside. I was so. Did you cry? I did cry twice. I saw it in English and in French, and I cried mm. both times. Yeah, yeah. I was just—it's just amazing. I love it. I love—I love the first one. I love the second one. They're just beautiful. Which one do you think is better? I prefer the first one. All right. Hard. Do you know what? I think I'd—I think I'd—I'd I'd go with the second one because the dark moments in the second one are mm. phenomenal. It's just some of the things that happen. And the character, like one particular character, again, you know, it's a spoiler to say this, who this character is, but there's a character that comes in and just the way that this character moves and it's got this mask on and it's just, it's so dark and kind of this tribal element to it. I just love it. I think it's that's what I think kind of really elevated it a lot was the darkness to the story. Yeah. And I, I absolutely loved it as well. I think I thought it was absolutely incredible, almost sort of perfect in terms of what it's, what it is and what it's trying to do, um, like the story, you know, depends on how the story kind of progresses, and um, and it has, it's, you know, kind of, you know, it's, it is very dark, but at the same time, it is really sentimental. But I think it sort of handles it really yeah. well. Like I never thought the sentimentality was like really cheesy, like oh, like groan inducing. It actually kind of I find yeah. it really touching. It was yeah, it was something moving. Yeah, and um, and, I th- and I think that's really, I think that's really fucking difficult to do. Yeah. Um, and then the, and, it, and it was really dark. I thought the kind of big massive dragons would terrifying you know I thought they looked great and I, yeah. you know and it you know it was almost and I think a few people have said this but it did feel like Empire Strikes Back <laughs> to, to A New Hope it felt like that's the kind of sequel it was where it, it was yeah. obviously it doesn't it doesn't end like Empire Strikes Back ends it's not that bleak God, no. but um, but it, it just felt like that kind of sequel where it expands on the mythology of the first and, and, and adds this real incredibly dark side to it yeah um, and then sort of like flushes out some of the kind of personal relationships, um, and I just and it, you know and I think it, it looks spectacular. The kind of the animation is unbelievable, yeah. and the flying and the, yeah. and the kind of they always they always it always has a really nice look to it in general. Like sort of the lighting, I guess the digital lighting. Didn't they, they got it? Is um, yeah, he does um, it, doesn't he? It's What's, a really famous cinematographer. It's the guy who did um, Skyfall and that, but um, yeah. it's the one who does all the Coen Brothers films. Yeah, um, Deakins. Roger Deakins. Yeah, um, and it does it does look. Phenomenal, and I, you know, and I find I find it quite funny. I find it, you know, a lot of it. I am a, I am a sucker for like kind of humanistic animal films, mm. and the fact that these are like really cute dragons acting like humans. Yeah. Every time he was like acting like a little dog, I was, you know, it kind of. It so it, it kind of fits into all my sensibilities. I love animation. Um, I, th- I found it really funny. I love the fact that it's like a human dragon, human kind of esque dragon. I loved and, and it's just you know it's phenomenally dark, like yeah. phenomenally dark actually. And you we'll guys, if you think about what the hero, yeah, the dragon it's, it's does, dark. yeah, it's yeah. the dragon that does it as well. That's yeah. a bold, that's, well, that's a big true. thing. Yeah. I think it's, like, it's so hard. It's not just what he it's does; so it's about that he does it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, and and you guys, sorry, we're talking about the animation as well. I, I keep saying this, but because I I watched it in English and then in French, obviously, I I mean, I can't speak French. I don't. I don't, uh, I don't understand it completely. So I think the second time I watched it in that context, I was focusing much more on on the movements, the animation, and it's just so flawless. It's mm. so incredible, like the way that how 
complex those characters are and, yeah. and how human-like they are. It's just amazing. Sorry, Dave, you were going to say something. I was just going to say, I mean, the rain rain on everyone's parade. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, the, 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 reason, the reason I ranked it a little bit lower, I think... I think one one thing for me, I guess, was because you you guys had I watched it later than everyone else. Is you, every, you guys had hyped it up so much <laughs> that I was like, I, I did love it. I thought it was brilliant. I do think it's brilliant, but um, it w- didn't quite reach the mega heights. I think the only problem I had with the film um, is just in terms of the, I guess, the balance of it. If you if you want to put it that way, in terms of. I felt like it peaks sort of two thirds away through the film. There's a really climactic event that happens in the film, and this, the sort of this, the build up to that and that actual event is utterly amazing. And the film, I was just like, oh my god, this is mind blowingly brilliant. But for me, it was the finale that comes after that, the last kind of fifteen twenty minutes. It didn't quite reach that level, so it kind of felt like the film peaked too early for me. So the end didn't really grab me. The end just kind of felt like a standard a bit more of a standard sort of kids, nice, happy, sort of exciting set PC ending. And, and it just didn't match the scale and the excitement and the drama of the sort of previous, the sort of climax that came before that. That's because the emotional weight on that. Yeah, absolutely. It had, there was, had so much emotional weight and you kind of lost that in the finale for me. So the finale didn't really... Yeah, I, I don't want to sound too negative because I do think the film's brilliant. Um, but... It, the the finale wasn't as brilliant as the bit that came before, so it kind of it it, it knocked me off balance a little bit, if you, if, if if you like. Yeah, I, I personally think that's good storytelling, like the kind of peaking up like that and then bringing it to a close. Personally, for mm. me, that's well, no, but I think I think. Well, yeah. no, I yeah. think yeah. what Dave's saying. What I like. Yeah. But I think it's not just like it peaks and then sort of ends. And I think it's like peaked quite early and it, it on. It tries to peak again, yeah. Because yeah. like, like yeah, like there's, there's still a big climactic yeah. finale, um, but it didn't feel like the climax when, when it kind of is supposed yeah. to be, if you know what I mean. I thought like half an hour earlier was it, the film reached its peak when usually it's more like the last 10 minutes or whatever. But, um, but well, no, probably longer than half an hour before the end. Uh, but yeah, I just felt the end let it down a little bit. It's but it's not bad. It just didn't. It just didn't match the rest of the film for me. I think the end is great. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So there's. I'm the, the last word. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> good. Um, so, no, I didn't want to end it on a downer anyway because it, it was a brilliant. It, it is brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. I only ranked by ahead of it. I just think it was. I don't know. It was. It just felt like a, 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 a sort of an incredible experience that was kind of quite original. Yeah, even yeah, if it, yeah. even if it was flawed, it, it, it was spoiled. It's far more flawed than *How to Train a Dragon* two. I mean, *How to Train a Dragon* two is practically flawless, but um, I think *Boyhood* just kind of went that extra mile and just it kind of it, it impressed me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of the in a sort of weird way, sort of like what *Gravity* did to an extent, where you just sort of think we're never going to see anything like this again. I, thought, I yeah. think like there's, there's some films where it's like okay, you've done yeah. it. Yeah. Other people were going to try and do it, yeah. but that's it. This is the film that yeah. F- yeah. will always kind of revert back to. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so there's, there's a film, so surprisingly sort of positive podcast from us. Cool, yeah. <laughs> and more from me, I think, yeah. Um, I'll quickly see what's coming out, but there's hardly anything coming out in the next couple of weeks because uh, it's the end of summer, everyone, it dies yeah. down. You, you'll get some towards the end of the year again, but um, right, what have we got? 12th of September, we have A Most Wanted Man, which is one of, one of I don't think it's his last film, but it's one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's last roles. Uh, it's directed by Anton. Corbin, I never had to pronounce that. Corbin, um, yeah. yeah, Corbin. I'm not sure it's supposed to be that great. It's had some disappointing mm. reviews, hasn't it? Uh, the box shawl's coming out, which I'm quite looking forward That's to. It's out in it now. Yeah. 
It says 12th of September. Yeah, I don't think it's happened in the UK. Oh, no, it's, it's one of these where they showed it the weekend before. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They call it a preview, even though it's out everywhere in the fucking country. But, um, yeah, but that's out properly on the 12th. Um, Pride. Um, uh, and... The best film in decades. British film yeah. in decades. Yeah, it's in, yeah. We'll see. And then 18th of September, we've got a walking among the team, tombstones, which is... Uh, Liam Neeson doing some more badassery. Although I've heard it's quite, especially quite good. But uh, well, I've only read one or two reviews, but they were very positive. Um, then 19th September we've got The Giver. I don't know much about it. I looked at the poster. It looked like The Giver. Is it what I think it could be about? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. No, I think it looks like some teen. Another one of these adaptations of some popular shitty teen novel. Um, Magic in the Moonlight, which is uh, Woody Allen's latest. Uh, God, is that out that soon? Yeah, I didn't realise. Unless it's a festival one and they just haven't marked it on here. But uh, Think Like a Man 2, I've no idea what that is. Think Like a Man 2? <laughs> yeah. We've got a first one of these. Well, it's 2 2 T double O. As in, like, I guess you can still, think like a man know. 2. It might still be a sequel. Ah, like a man okay. Two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's Wish I Was Here, which is Zach Braff's uh, new film. We've got The Riot Club. Uh, we've got Grand Piano, which I, for some reason I've been really interested in. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be great, but it's the one. Because with... considering you said there's hardly anything out, there's quite a lot of. Stuff. Well, there's a lot out. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, more interesting stuff than actually exciting. really exciting stuff. Uh, and then uh, for me, because I'm a big Nick Cave fan, there's a Nick Cave documentary, Twenty Thousand Days on Earth, coming out on the nineteenth as well. Yeah, but that's about it. Nothing mind blowing, but quite a few things that I'm quite interested. Yeah, semi interested. And we've got infinite cinema cards now, so oh, try and watch a lot more. So are we going to make? Are we going to do this again in two weeks? Are we going to? Get we, we, we'll, we'll try our best we'll yeah. certainly give it a go well it looks like there's nothing for us to talk about in two weeks so. <laughs> I don't know I won't mind watching a few of them <laughs> no. I, I'm going to watch 20,000 Days on Earth it's on in Lincoln actually but I don't think it's on for a few weeks so probably not next time um, cool okay. oh no I'll tell you what I might I might try and watch The Guest that was quite mm. quite good so we might talk about that cool so as ever uh, keep visiting the website blueprintreview.co.uk Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash bpreview. And follow us on Twitter, at BlueprintRev. Cool. Uh, right. See you, See you next guys time later. in two Bye. weeks. Bye. Bye. You are about to witness history in the making. Hi there, this is Todd from Forgotten Films, and if you spend all your time watching new releases, then you need to broaden your movie horizons. And a great way to do that is by joining me for the Forgotten Filmcast. We don't talk about the new releases, we don't even talk about the classics. We talk about the movies that time forgot. On each episode, I'm joined by another film blogger to discuss a film that may or may not be worth rediscovering. So look for the Forgotten Filmcast on iTunes, Podomatic, and wherever you find great podcasts.